Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 102, season 5, episode 23, entitled Respawn, originally airing May 5th, 2011. David, if you would, quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Now that the TGS season has ended, Liz is finally going to get her perfect summer away at a cottage in the Hamptons until she learns that Tracy is her new neighbor. Meanwhile, Jack's finding it hard with Avery not around, so he makes Kenneth into the new Avery. Finally, when Jenna learns that her contract with Wool is in danger due to her untraditional lifestyle, she does her best to save her gig. Uh, so what do we think of this episode? I mean, especially considering this is the finale. For, I, mean, for, I mean, I think we, we mentioned it last episode, but this season has been incredibly strong. Like, I think stronger than I uh, remember it being. Like, I think we always say, like, the glory days of 30 Rock are season 3 and 4, but season 5 has been a really big standout. Well, I think we've also said that the fifth season, I mean, from my memory, some of the best parts were post-Cable Town, which is pretty much the season after, so... The season started off um, kind of, I don't know, it took a little while to get into the groove, but it seemed like the middle of the season when it hit a really strong streak. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't know, like it's kind of, uh, like this one kind of limped out of the season. Like it was it was all right. Um, in some ways it almost felt more like it could have been a season premiere, kind of like mm-hmm. what they did over the summer. And then it ends with, you know, basically the new season starting. So mm-hmm. I, I, I guess it can't really function as either, but... Um, it, I don't know. For some reason, it felt almost more to me like it would be a premiere. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, I thought it. I don't know. I thought it was fine. <laughs> no, I would agree. I mean, I think as an episode, it's fine. As a season finale, it's not strong because there's not much here hooking. Like, I mean, if you are someone that watches, you know, week to week, you know, a season finale typically has to hook you back in, so you come back next year. Not that Thirty Rock necessarily has done that too much in the past. So you don't expect it from them, but at the same time, this doesn't. This yeah, like you said, it comes off more of like a premiere than a, a finale because there's not really much wanting you to come back because everybody's story just felt like a mid-season story. Like it didn't feel like a where will where will it go and come back from. Like it just was like okay, this is just like another day in their life kind of thing. It didn't really feel like a nothing was at stake to say. But yeah. although it does come to a close on. Most of the episode, like, everyone's unhappy because they're looking for, I guess, their quote-unquote authentic, like, self-authentic happiness. And it kind of, like, it all comes together at the end. So I wonder if it was written in mind to if it had to serve. I, like, I'm not sure when it was renewed for its sixth mm. season. So I wonder, like, it, they written, they written, they wrote it so um, it could potentially, like, serve as, a, like, a closure of some sort if it needed to. Yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of fair. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, we Which said, I, like, 30 Rock was always on the vein of will it come back or not. So yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how early they got the renewal for season yeah. six. And I realize I just said that it feels like a season premiere and also that it could have served as a season finale. But I feel like both those things are true. Yeah, no, it does definitely feel like a season premiere. But, yeah. I don't know. It could still, like, there's, there's laughs in here. There's moments in here, like, Kenneth having to act as Avery and also insult himself because that's what Avery would do to, to convince Jack that what needs to be done and then the whole um the whole wool thing is so bizarre because it's just it's it it, it's obviously something cripping from real life because 
you know there are like clauses like that that people have in contracts and how they act. Like, I mean, we've already kind of seen it in Thirty Rock with um, uh, Jenna dating uh, James Franco. There was always there was there was like a they have to keep up appearances and things like that. So it's not uncommon to see that in the world. But I was also expecting it to take a turn. Like I don't know. I expected like I expected it, and I'm kind of glad it didn't go that route. But I was expecting it to be like the the main. Uh, Victor Garber character to be like a pervert himself. Well, he sort of was. He was trying to cheat. I mean, yeah, on, on I mean, you, period, Gene. I mean, he was, but I mean, Jen, like, he thought perverted Jenna. on the same level of ja- of uh, Jenna and Paul. Like, I mean, his perversion was, I just want to cheat on my wife. Whereas, you know, it's compared to what Jenna and Paul do, it's incredibly tame. So, I mean, yeah, he's not squeaky. But, it, he's not but squeaky basically, it just shows he's not moral. He's not. Yeah, right, he's not. He's right. not acting in a moral yeah. manner, despite the. Yeah, Wolf I just brand. I guess I thought that like there would be a part where they find him being sat on by the little um, jester or yeah. something like that. Just like oh, he's not as squeaky clean as as he presented himself or something like that. But I guess yeah, that he does have that turn or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's fun. It was, a, it was a fun fun episode. Just it doesn't was it didn't strike me as a really strong finale episode. Uh, any other thoughts before we? Hop in. Let's hop in. Hop in. Right. So the cold open, uh, we get another Dr. Spaceman um, appearance, and it's Liz basically setting up what's going to be her next three months after she gets her checkup. All right. Now that the popsicle's melted, we've got ourselves a tongue depressor. I wanted you to look at these cold sores. I, I get them when I'm stressed out. Oh, nothing to be ashamed of. I get them from prostitutes. I just had a hard couple months. Work had been crazy, and I went through a bad breakup, and then there was this plastic bag that represented my death. Sounds like you could use a little R&R, rum and Ritalin. Actually, I was hoping you'd just have an ointment from my mouth. Gross. Because I'm dealing with the stress thing. Over the break, I'm renting a cottage out in the Hamptons. There's just four things I want to do this summer. Be outdoors, wear shapeless clothing, do some mindless activity like gardening, and learn Spanish. There are four things I want to do this summer, but they're roommates, so it's tricky. All right, here's a prescription for your cold sores, and here's a blank one for the weekend. Now, one final thing. Why aren't you wearing pants? The other doctor told me to take them off. Other doctor? That's my brother, Randy. Tomorrow, he's going to jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> Good one, Randy! Hey, you want to go to Taco Bell for lunch? So to me, that's actually, like, the most hourly comedic scene of the episode, like, right hmm. in the... The beginning. Because it's a lot of... Well, yeah, because it, right, it starts right away with that, yes, with the popsicle joke. And then it's, like, a lot of back and forth, just, like, joke line after joke line, which, I mean, obviously, there were plenty of jokes in the episode, but, like, that was the most, like, rapid fire, just, like... Yeah. It was, I don't know, to me, that was probably the funniest part, actually, of the episode. I like that she's like, can't you just give me an ointment? And he's like, gross. Like, I guess the ointments are like, just like the word moist to him. Like, it's just, ugh, I don't like that word or something. I don't know. It's, it's odd, though. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It is it is that rapid fire 30 rock. But I mean, uh, that's always like the Dr. Spaceman stuff. It's, yeah. you know, shtick and it's uh, mishearings and things like that. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen him for a little while. We saw him in the 100th episode for briefly, but. Um, before that, it's been a little while. So it's always good to have him there. Maybe this is when he was doing Suburgatory. I feel like that would have been around that time. And Archer, too. Because Archer would have started that by this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think we said, like, he's best in small doses. Like, if you oh, sure. if you centered, like, an entire episode around him yeah. or anything like that, it would just... It wouldn't be as, as magical when he shows up. Which they probably would have done if the show had went on for more seasons. Because you just... You eventually run out of stories. You got to start 
characters on you got start story than other characters uh, anyway back from the cold open um jack is over people feeling sorry for him and his situation uh he just can't escape the voices hey stop right there i know that people are feeling sorry for me because my wife was kidnapped by kim jong-il i know but i do not need your pity and i am tired of hearing that tone of voice Hey, I know what you're going through. I once kidnapped a woman. I know. Stop talking like that, Lemon. I'm trying to, but I'm kind of locked in, sweetie. The voice is controlling me now. Help me. Look, obviously, this has been difficult. I'm not sleeping. Last night, I sat in front of the TV and ate an entire carton of foie gras. I can hardly drink my morning shower scotch. I miss Avery. It's the little things I miss most. On a day like this, we would go to Strawberry Fields in Central Park and kick hippies' hacky sacks into the bushes. Look, you need to reset and try to feel normal again. Normal? I don't know what normal is anymore. Normal is a woman and a woman getting married and having a child. What? Is me being a bummer helping you feel like your old self? Keep going. Bush is a war criminal. There's so much texting going on these days and no communicating. Carbon tax! Please leave! That's the spirit. This should have set up like a recurring schedule of just her sending normal messages to Jack to help bring him back to reality. But, oh wow. Mr. Chance. It's very self-aware of that she can just call those all those things up on, on cue and spit them out. Yeah. She had them ready to go, I guess. Probably wanted to have a conversation about all of them. Jack never gave her the time, so she was just... But, I mean, you think it is true, though, like... They make fun of the if someone has had something like bad or whatever happened, where like everyone around is like putting on a tone of like social obligation to be like, well, I mean, in some, I guess, in some part to genuinely be delicate, I guess, around someone who might be feeling bad. But like, it's true though that it's like there's certain situations where you're just obligated to put on tones of voices, and it's like the voice is controlling you. Because like, if someone shows you baby pictures at work, whether you want to see, you have to be like, oh. Right. You know what I mean? Just like it's, the voice is controlling you. Yeah. But you know, I think it's kind of point. It's like you feel like obligated, but it's like why? Like I, I know right. it's like why? Why are we obligated to like put on that voice? Like you know, like if you're, if you're talking, like if you're literally talking to a child, or just I mean, obviously it's just like I don't know. That's like societal, just how yeah, I guess everyone just, is trained and brought up like exactly. through environmental whatever forces. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's good to investigate and be like, you know, like why do we feel obligated to put on that like kind of like high pitched like oh right voice. But I also, like, I, I get it from Jack's point of view. It's like, I've heard it so much, I don't need it anymore. Like, he's just over it, because it's like, it's not helping anything. It's, right. only, it's only reminding me, and it's only making the situation make me feel worse. So, let's just move on, kind of thing. So, I get it. And it, it, it definitely fits his character as someone who's, like, very conservative and keeps emotions inside. Like, he wouldn't want to talk about it. So, good job. Uh, meanwhile, at 30 Rock, um, Jenna shares the news of her amazing performance at the Wool Bowl. On ESPN 34. Well, I'm off. Have a good summer, Jenna. Oh, I will. Do you remember when I performed during halftime at the Wool Bowl? It was on ESPN 34. You can't spell America without W-O-O-L. It's all better in wool. A singer, everyone. Wooly, the wool mascot, everybody. Sponsors were so happy with me, they're now naming me the new celebrity face of wool. How exciting! Every year my aunt sends me a wool sweater for Christmas. 
We get it, Aunt Alice. You're a sheep. Also, this is very lucrative. Paul and I can finally buy that timeshare in Batostenbos, Amsterdam's premier private sex garden. They have genetically altered men there with minotaur heads that chase you through the brambles. <laughs> okay, well, goodbye, my closest female friend. Oh, sad Liz realization. She has no other close female friends. And her only friend is a pervert. And her only friend is a pervert. By society standards. By society, yeah. There, so there's a, in the cutaway to the wool ball, there's a visual joke there where the team is playing are Hiram College and Bryn Mawr, which I'm fairly certain Bryn Mawr is an all-girls school. Yeah, I think so. Um, but they're both definitely, like, like liberal arts colleges that are definitely not known for athletics, so yeah, it story. makes sense that they would be stuck on ESPN 34. Yeah. They'd be at the bottom of the, bottom of the, the totem pole. And it's, yeah, the score is 2 to 11, which... So someone got a safety and someone got, let's see. It could be three field goals and a safety. It could be a touchdown and a couple safeties. There's yeah, just so many combinations. Such an odd scoring combination. Yeah. But the best bit is, one, the announcer just says, a singer. Like, she doesn't even get her name called. And the Chiron says, with performer TVD, while she's performing. So it's like either they didn't care enough to know who she was or... She was a last-minute replacement. I don't know. It's just there's some funny visual jokes in there. Where's Bermore? Is that? That's not Chicago, is Pennsylvania. it? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. I think. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. Also, this episode made me wonder, like, there have definitely been implications that Jenna and Jenna and Paul are, like, more, their relationship is more avant-garde. But, like, has ever like has she ever been portrayed as, like, like, there's just a lot of, like, allusion to, like, lots of, like, fetishy stuff in this episode mm-hmm. that's, like, I, I mean, I, I know that definitely fits in with her orb, but, like, has the show been that explicit over time about bringing those? I, I was just wondering, because, like, it's very heavy on, on it in this episode for, well, for obvious reasons, because yeah. of the plot. It's, like, I wonder, like, I mean, there's definitely have been references, but I'm just trying to wonder, like, if it was just more about... I don't know, I was just wondering if it, just things had been more explicitly referenced before. And probably is maybe just space out enough that it's yeah. not so so altogether on one episode, but yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you know she's dating a Jenna Jenna Maroney impersonator should already set the level of like expectations yeah. for their perversions and whatever. But I think this is the one that definitely like showcases it visually and verbally more so than other episodes. Yeah, and I guess there are allusions here and there, like the Mickey Rourke <laughs> jokes that pop right. up and stuff like that that pop up with random people, not necessarily with Paul, but just like random. Yeah. people she's dated or yeah. has said she's dated at least yeah yeah I think this is the one that uh, showcases it the most but yeah there's definitely been allusions to it you know, many times before hmm. ah but anyway in the writer's room just as Liz is about to finish her last duty of mailing off her um her fine for apparently assaulting a Jewish tree which is anyone surprised Liz Lemon is an anti-Semite? Well, she didn't do it because it was Jewish. She did it because it represented her death. Uh, the writers uh, refused to leave until they finished their game. Oh, my God. The season's over. Why are you losers still here? Final melee, Liz. It's the last game of the season, and no one wants to lose. You have no summer plans. Well, David Eggers and I are designing a new font. Oh, shut up. Frank, you have a girlfriend. And Lynn wants me to give up video games because she thinks I need to grow up. How's this for growing up? Last night for dinner, I put milk in my Apple Jacks. 
Ha! I distracted you and you died. Game over. No, I shot my bazooka at the ground to kill myself because Tufer had me cornered. Now I respawn and start over. So you're killing yourself rather than let someone else win. That's why everyone has zero kills and we've been playing for 18 hours. I'm wearing a diaper like a baby would. Wow. I can't wait to get out of here. For three months, it's going to be glorious. L'été, la plage, doucement la plage, les maillots, c'est le soleil. Hi, neighbor. I'm Ina Garten. You know, my husband Jeffrey is away, and I've got some bruschetta and white wine open. Why don't you come over? I'm alive! All I have left is to pay the fine that I incurred for committing a hate crime against what the city is now claiming was a Jewish tree. And I'm free. Have a great summer. I'm not one for goodbye speeches, but I do feel... Lutz, what are you doing? Don't look at me! <clears throat> so I can't tell if this is actual true or not, but it, it would sync up with the time this game was released, but... Um, apparently they're playing Halo Reach. I know it's a Halo game, but I couldn't discern if it was Halo 3 or whatever. But apparently they're playing Halo, Halo Reach, so I would just have to trust the researchers on that. Um, they don't show enough shots for me to really fully uh, know exactly which Halo game they are playing. Is that time appropriate based on when this episode was made? Yeah, it would have been around this time that Halo Reach was like the big Halo game, so it, it, it tracks, but I just don't know how 100% that is, and I don't have enough evidence to back up anything. But Also, Ceri's in the scene. She just has no lines. She's in like literally two seconds of footage. According to her contract, she had to be in X number of episodes and she was one short, so they just had to shoehorn her in quickly. Yeah, just get her in the finale and get her out. Um, but yeah, I, I, was, and I, I mean, I, I feel bad because I think we mentioned that Lynn Onkman does not get another reference in the rest of the show, but we just got one. But this has got to be the last one. I really don't think it continues beyond this, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. So is he just in a relationship for the rest of the series that's never mentioned then? I guess, because I know Susan Saranda does not make, I know, well, I'm like 99% sure she does not make another appearance, but maybe it's just an off-screen romance that that persists. Um, but Patty LuPone will be so happy. Oh, I'm sure she'd love it. Um, also, is this the second Ina Garden uh, well, it's the first cameo. The other one was like a, a basically like her TV show was just on in the background. But this is the first Anna Garden cameo on screen. Um, her, of course, Jeffrey's out of town as always. Um, offers up some bruschetta to Lim to to Lizzie. What a kind to Liz. That's what I meant to say. Not Lizzie. Lizzie. It's not a word. Lizzie Lim. Yeah. But of course, Liz is idea of what's going to be happening in the Hamptons can't be perfect so it starts out close it starts out that way but doesn't last of course but before we get ahead of ourselves uh Jenna has a meeting with the wool council uh and learns of her morality clause in her contract Jenna this is a great day for the Wool Council. Well, I am very proud to be your new spokeswoman. You know, in the past, I was the face of Clinique, a French-Canadian anal rejuvenation clinic. And I was the feet of filthylittlefeet.com. Yes, well, about that. Jenna, uh, wool is a wholesome fabric, which is why your contract includes a morality clause. You will be required to conduct your personal life in a manner which is consistent with the values of this industry. Oh, of course. We're just a little worried about publicity like this. 
Oh, Eugene, that's not just some guy I picked up at a dog bar. Paul and I are in a committed relationship. Is he a cross-dresser? Goodness, no. Paul is a gender dysmorphic bigenitalian pansexual. I see. Maybe we should take a few days and think about this. No, whenever men say that, I never see them again. You just need to meet Paul. Our relationship is everything that wool is about. Love, warmth, chafed skin. Oh, noble sheep, we eat your babies. We use your brain to fight off rabies. But the most beautiful gift you give us is wool. All right, Jenna. I'd love to meet Paul. Let's say dinner tomorrow night at your place. I'll bring my wife. Excellent. I should warn you, this had better be a very normal dinner. No hijinks, no farce. And not just for the sake of your relationship with the National Wool Council, but for the sake of my wife, whose parents were killed in front of her while an episode of Three's Company was... You know what? I'll let her tell the story at dinner. Welcome, Jenna. So it does track with Jenna's character that, uh... I mean, this, I guess this is a takeoff cotton. So mm-hmm. wool is like the, the she, she, she's she has the contract with the low rent cotton, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the wool, the wool. Right. Yeah. Does, who was it recently? Had like cotton. I, just, I feel like there was a couple years ago. There was like a cotton ad that would run. Because what's their what's their thing? Um, Cotton the fabric for our lives. Yeah. yeah. So, so, well, I, I don't know if you think of Zoe Deschanel. She had like a little. She did like a little cover song thing of it. Yeah. And had a campaign around it. But I think it was someone recently had a maybe Morrison. I don't know. Morgan Freeman, maybe. I mean, it's always some celebrity. Voice, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that Jizza, wow, Jenna, Jizza, yeah, yikes, yikes. Uh, the fact that Jenna is still, despite her new celebrity, is still D list of. You know, product the D-list fabric or the D-list yeah. material. Yeah, but I also like the board. The Wooly, the mascot, is on the board as well as just an a, a sheep, and seemingly the sheep has the final call on everything. I mean, they really know the the, the material. Yeah, you go right to the source for it, so it makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Also, like I wonder, there's the line when um, the the CEO or whatever says, "Is he a cross question?" She says, "No, he's a." Gender dysmorphic, bigenitalian, pansexual. pansexual, and I wonder how that would be written here. Because I mean, it's not because I mean it's not necessarily dated, but it's like I, I mean, gender dysmorphic. Like I, I guess they wouldn't really try. I don't know. I'm just curious to see how like they would write that same line now yeah. to like try because like I don't know bigenitalian. I mean, does that? I mean, that basically means the same thing as like intersex, right? Well, like would bigenitalian mean? Uh, hermaphrodite, like they have. Well, that's what I'm saying. Things. So I'm saying intersex would be like the like. Mm-hmm. I mean, hermaphrodite's like a dated term. It's like intersex yeah. is the term you would use now for that. That's why I was. That's why I was thinking. But, like, but Paul's not a hermaphrodite, right? Intersex. Or he's not. He's not intersex. I mean, if he's bigenitalian, then that implies that maybe they just haven't brought it up before. That's why I was just curious to see how yeah. they would write because I mean that definitely implies that he is. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, gender dysmorphic implies that I mean he's not just a female impersonator; like he also has like dysmorphia around gender. Yeah. So that's why I'm just curious to see how they would do it now. Yeah, progressive at the time, but the terminology yeah. would have to be updated, I guess. Well, no, I mean, and even then, I mean, not necessarily like gender dysmorphia isn't necessarily like a. Well, no, it's not. But I mean, it's just offensive term or anything. Yeah, no, that's fair. Hmm. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say I, I wouldn't think it would be, but. Yeah. 
I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm just curious to see how they would how they would hit right you know, yeah I guess well they even um, I guess we should talk about Victor Gruber um, Victor who Gruber Garber Garber oh Gruber Gal she's a Gruber she's and Leza what are you <laughs> I'm not fully awake I guess um, so I mean like him saying cross gesture even is I mean that's kind of an outdated term but it's still a it's, yeah. a, it's an I offensive like it's, term it's just sort of outdated yeah but, I feel like uh, it's dated but yeah but you're, I don't think it's it doesn't I don't know it doesn't carry the same uh, taboo yeah yeah hmm but yeah so um, he's I, I don't want to say character actor because he doesn't really do characters he's usually the straight man which of course is ironic because uh-huh. he's homosexual but he usually is playing that very like stoic buttoned up conservative type um, I mean, this uh, watching this now, two days after watching the happiest season, he's kind of playing the exact same character of like everything has to be perfect and you know moral, and there's no no questions of anything. So he's kind of still he's kind of playing that same exact character. Just yeah, I feel like he does reasons. that a lot. No, yeah, and yeah, that's usually been his his mo. So I guess you would say he's a character actor for that. But um, yeah, he's funny though. I uh, know I've seen him in a handful of things, and he was good in the happiest season. Sort of again, just kind of playing the same role. Um, anyway, thoughts on Victor Garber, Victor Gruber? Yeah, I'm trying to think like what what you would say like his biggest role is like for some like even though I've never watched Alias, like that's the first um, show I associate with him because I feel like that's where he that's probably the most prominent. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I have seen him in many many things, just like usually like like Titanic. movie. He was in Titanic. Ah. Well, yeah. I've only seen parts of Titanic, so I don't know if I saw Titanic? those parts. Um, I probably have it. I just don't remember. But and I mean, like he's—I don't know—like he does guest arcs on TV shows all the time. And there was, gosh, there was something I—the most recent thing I saw him in. He was oh, I, I don't know. The happiest season. Well, sorry. Yes, <laughs> that is definitely the most recent thing I've seen. There's something else on. Let me just pull up his IMDb because mm-hmm. there's something I'm thinking of that I think is the most recent thing, otherwise that I've seen him in. And I can see him in it, but he's Canadian. The show. Look at that! Everyone's Canadian these days. Tells the city that's right. He played like a he was like a preacher or something who was tending to. Um, uh, oh my God! What's her name? The 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 main like the older main woman who was played by no no no. In Tales of the City, the, the ah Meryl Streep. No, it's played by Olympia. Something Yes, she's the actress, but the character is oh my god, magical, Anna Magical. There we go. That's anyway, a terrible character name, Anna Magical. Mag Madrigal, Madrigal. That's, that's not much better. <laughs> well, it's not Anna Magical. That sounds like a kids' show name. Anna Magical probably is a kids' too. show name. Anyway, Yikes. um, we kind of derailed there, but yes, I mean, just he's been yes, he's yeah. he's uh, guest starred in many. Yeah, he's many. Got a, he's got a many, pretty uh, diverse many. He's been on every procedural, it looks like, as a lawyer mm-hmm. or judge, yeah. basically. Um, he just has that look of being, like, the very yeah. neutral kind of character. Or, like, either conservative or neutral. Like, those are, like, the two that he would always play. Which isn't a bad thing. Hey, it's work. It's consistent. So good for him. He was on Glee in one episode as Mr. Schuster. Is that the father of What's-His-Face, I, I guess, so. then? Ben Schuster, is that the character's name? I don't remember. I don't either. It's been forever. Anyway. Anyway, uh, back in the Hamptons, uh, Liz gets some disaster in a mente news. Spanish for older women. Lesson 12. Emergencies. 
Disaster approaching. Disastre imminente. Disastre imminente. Oh my God, Liz, it's Tracy from work. What are you doing here? I just bought everything around this house. It's supposed to be a nice area, except for the new element everyone keeps talking about. Look, I got a long night of shooting guns in the air ahead of me. Do you mind if I take a nap here? Of course, you're my neighbor. I wanted a normal summer and chaos is my normal. If I start screaming in my sleep, do not wake me up. I will attack you. <laughs> Ah! Wake me up! Free me from this! Ah! So there's multiple times in the episode where Tracy introduces himself as the guy from work, and it's like, is there some, like, I'm thinking, like, is there some sort of, like, real-life phenomenon where it's, like, like, liberally or whatever, like, white people, like, don't recognize their black co-workers, like, if they see them in public or something? Because, like, it seems like it's clearly referencing something like that. Like, I haven't heard of that, but also it wouldn't surprise me if that's, like, just, like, a casually racist thing that, like, white people do is, like, not recognize their, like, you know, co-workers who are, like, black or other, you know, people at POC outside of the office. Like, I, I feel like it's very specific, like, you know what I mean? Like, it specifically does that multiple times, so it's, like, it's yeah. clearly, like, joking at something, and it's, like, that, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know, that seems like it probably is a thing that, uh, I wonder yeah. if it's just, like, Tracy being, being weird. Like, it's just, like, hey, you may not recognize me, Tracy, the person that you work with, the most bombastic personality that you know next to Jenna. You know, it's the guy you know from work. Like, I, I think that's the joke. I don't, I don't know if it's on another level of... But, I mean, he even says in the later scene that you're the black guy from work. Uh, so, like, to me, it's, like, it's, it's, that's not something, that, like, I've heard of, but, like, I feel like that's, like, I don't know, probably, like, a thing that they're making fun of. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I've never really thought about it that way. That's my white guilt slash privilege. Yikes. Um, but I do like the joke about, um, uh, the joke of, I bought everything around here. It's supposed to be a nice place for, for the new element, because yeah. it's the whole, like, there goes the neighborhood motif, which is... Ah, horrible. Um, All the white people are going to be fleeing the Hamptons now. Yeah, exactly. Where are they going to go? What's what's the... Martha's Vineyard. Isn't the Hamptons... The Hamptons is the most expensive. Like, oceanfront Uh, or or beachfront. I mean, it's certainly up there. I I mean, so the the Hamptons, I guess, is is New York, like, off Long Island. But I mean, like, I mean, Martha's Vineyard, like, Cape Cod, like, those areas in Massachusetts and, like, up kind of further up in New England are also super expensive. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I mean, the Hamptons could be more expensive, but I don't know enough to say if one is significantly more than the other. I don't know. I'm not waspy enough. You're not waspy enough? Well, you get waspy enough and come back. Okay. Right, gonna, that's your that's your 2021 resolution become more waspy and report back about sounds the sounds dreadful sounds fun you mean so as jenna lets paul know about the news of the dinner party slash uh guests they're gonna have this evening uh kenneth starts his spring cleaning duties only to find out they've been taken over by jonathan so jack can invite kenneth to dinner and i guess we haven't really talked about this so uh in a previous scene that we cut for time uh, Kenneth, to help get Jack's mind off of Avery, uh, cooks him a dinner, uh, and now Jack is, uh, I guess, essentially needing Kenneth to uh, fill the void that Avery left behind. Oh, you just made a very dangerous enemy, Kenneth. Thanks for the heads up, Jonathan. Do you want to come to my birthday party? What are you doing? That's my job. Uh, Jonathan volunteered to clean up so you could come over again tonight, right, Jonathan? 
But, sir, it's not just the bathrooms that need cleaning. That's why Jonathan's family is here. Uh, Liddy goes down at 7, so I'll see you then. Oh, my. A pretty awful joke there, too, of Jonathan's a whole family is invited slash made to work to do to Kenneth. And someone's in a wedding dress. So. Someone's in a wedding dress, which, yikes. And I guess, I guess the other person uh, was their husband. Yeah, it looks like... Yeah, they all got pulled away from a wedding to force to work. That's horrible. That's bad. But Jonathan's doing it because he really needs that uh, affirmations from Jack. Yikes. Jack, just as racist as Liz Lemon. Probably more so because he's got more money. Jack, more, more so more racist than Liz Lemon even. Yeah. Uh, but back in the Hamptons, the shooting, the nighttime shooting hasn't started yet. Uh, but Liz is hoping that it's over soon. Liz Lemon. Any idea when your party will be over, Trey? The party hasn't started. That's just the guy setting up. Can I borrow a cup of sugar? I'm trying to get a hummingbird to drink out of my penis. I can't do this, Tracy. This is supposed to be my vacation. I wanted to spend it learning Spanish, not living next door to you. I give up. Of course I'm not allowed to be a human being. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't want to live next door to your friend after all I've done for you? How many times have I come over and painted your apartment? Three. And by the way, stop doing that. Or maybe you're saying we're not friends. That's fine. I don't think it'll affect my behavior next season. The sad woman has been trapped by the idiot. La mujer triste We're friends. Next year's going to be fine because we're good friends. We're spending the summer together. Great! I'll come over tomorrow morning. I don't know. I feel like that's such a weird scene because it makes sense. Like Liz is frustrated, but at the same time, Liz like is Tracy aware of it? Like, what is Tracy wanting out of this? Because he's he's being incredibly aggressive in that scene. Like he's like, "What? We're not friends. What? We can't hang out." And then he just starts pouring wine on her speakers. Like I, I feel well, like he's not fully justified in his actions. Maybe he's lonely because Angie is off shooting Queen of Jordan, so he needs a friend around, and Liz Lemon is going to be his friend, he's decided. I guess, but I mean, I, I guess they could have had a scene or a line yeah. somewhere that helps showcase like why he's lonely, because it doesn't make sense that he's lonely. I mean, he's got a whole party that he's, they're just going to start shooting guns. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, that's true. You know what? I guess it would have made, it would have made sense in the period when he was like tired of being serious. So then it could be like, oh, he's so lonely. But like now that he's gone back to his normal self, it's like, it's, he's being his, he's being his regular self. So we'll see. There you go. The point of this episode was everyone was finding their, 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 uh, whatever selves. And he already achieved that halfway through the season. So he's, no, but seriously, like, you, but you're right. Like that, that would have fit in more with that period where he was like more felt was feeling isolated because everyone wanted him to be something he didn't want yeah. to be anymore, and now he's gone back to acting how he wants. Yeah. So it's just well, kind of odd. You just have to give it a give it a pass for the plot. I mean, it's just it's weird though because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, at the Jenna Paul household, they are having their wonderfully normal dinner, getting to know each other. And especially you, period, Gene. So, Paul, what do you do? I am in the restaurant business, and I really love... golf playing. Is that so? What's your handicap? Oh, well, I don't have one myself, but I do like a girl with a limp. <laughs> oh. So, Mrs. Gremby, you're also named Eugene? 
Oh, no, dear. It's you, period, Jean. My first name is Eugene, with a U. <laughs> oh, that's a nice blouse. It definitely goes with your eyes, don't you think, Jenna? Golf blouses. I'm just so impressed with how normal this dinner has been. Very wool. Greetings, slaves. Who's ready to get sat on? Uh, uh, sir, I, I don't know who you are, but you are not wanted here. Didn't you get my text? I thought it was part of the game. We are good people who have no interest in being sat on. So don't spew your statistics on the health benefits of weekly sittings or its wide acceptance in Eastern cultures. Paul. We're normal. And being normal is American and it's respectable and it makes us happy. I get out of here. Well done, sir. Bravo. You handled that pervert with a plum. Very wool. To tomorrow's photo shoot and wool. Aww. I like how he just randomly keeps saying this in very wool. Well, he's trying to get it over. He's making yeah. sure that cotton is not the only game in town. Wool is just as acceptable. And very wholesome. Very wholesome. Which uh, probably they probably have a stronger demographic in their area of New York in the Northeastern because wool is typically a warmer fabric than cotton, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't know why they're trying so hard to get it over, but he's doing his best. So good for him. But also, like, yeah, who's he selling this for? Because Jenna's already a part of it, so... Well, just so they make sure... He makes sure they know that they're being very wool with these very normal actions. Yikes. Speaking of, I mean, there, there, there's a overlap with the happy season. We're obsessed with seeming normal exactly. because normal is American. I've already made that reference and joke and commentary earlier. Well, I, I reiterated your brilliant point, didn't oh, I? Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the happiest season. I liked where it went, but I... And especially... But I, I think it could have been, I think it would have been better and a better message with Catherine Hahn's character of saying I'm sorry Anna Gasteyer I always get those two mixed up they look similar they do look similar um, white ladies of saying of, of, of her turn being like if they can handle the don't ask don't tell thing but if the turn would have been like that this is normal now like that would have been a better message I think to to leave it off on instead of making him have to say. Um, but it was for the character growth. Oh, also, spoiler no, alert. I mean, that's that's so vague. That that doesn't say if it happened at the beginning, the middle, the end. So it's not a spoiler alert. Anyway. Uh, also, it's past Christmas. If you wanted to watch that movie, you would already seen it. No point in watching it. So you can't, watch, you can't watch Christmas you can't. movies after Christmas. Yeah, you, it's illegal. You'll get arrested. But no, you're absolutely right. It does It does fit the same exact character uh, that, he was, that he was hitting in that, that movie. Anyway, back in the writer's room... They still have not went anywhere, and Liz comes in to uh, to get a refresher and get away from Tracy. Unbelievable. You're still here. It's still zero, zero, zero. To zero. I did it. I spoke. This didn't get mailed. What are you doing here? Shouldn't you be out in the Hamptons not getting invited to stuff? I came back for the day. Tracy lives next door to me. I can't leave. I can't stay. I'm trapped. Speaking of trapped, I got you, Lutz. Nope. Grenade. Blowing myself up. Oh, my God. That's what I have to do. I can be a normal person. I have to blow myself up. 
No, Your Honor, I'm not disputing the fine. I'm refusing to pay it. Grenade, respawn. Miss, I mean, ma'am, read the fine print. If you don't pay, I can sentence you to up to three weeks of community service. How about three months? This is a sham, your dishonor. Nay, a mockery. I put the system on trial. You can't handle the truth. I'm out of order. You're out of order. Victor Sufuentes, hoo Gavel, gavel, gavel! I lost my gavel over the weekend, but it doesn't mean you can talk to me like that. Talk to who? I just see an empty robe. Do you honestly not see me, or are you being rude? I'm being rude. That's it! Twelve weeks of community service. You'll spend your whole summer picking up trash. Gavel, gavel, gavel! For me, probably not you guys. Why does she assume no one else gets freedom? That's because she's a white lady. Liz Lemon is lucky she's a white lady, otherwise, she would have been thrown in jail after that performance. Held in contempt of court. I always forget that scene, but that's so funny, especially the gavel, gavel, gavel. Like, are there just not a bunch of gavels at a courthouse? Or is it like they ran out? I guess they ran too many court cases, I guess. Oh, that's funny though. But she's just using all these like cliched. Uh, war or not war but uh, courtroom scenes like uh, I think even the hua I don't think I think that's um, well I, I guess that is one of Al Pacino's isms but I don't know if that which one what movie that's from I feel like that's from um, what's the one when he's with Chris O'Donnell um, Scent of a Woman Scent of a Woman I don't think there's a courtroom scene in that movie but I've never I seen it I haven't seen it so I <laughs> but I know like the hua. Like I feel like when everyone plays an Al Pacino character, that's just like a cliched line that he says. But hmm. But of course, the you can't handle the truth is from a few good men with Tom Cruise and Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah, still never seen that movie. <laughs> Every single reference she's making, I don't think I've ever seen the movie too. So <sighs> not a good movie person. You just I miss so much of the nineties. I guess of like big big movies. Yeah, but if you got kids movies, Disney movies, I'm on it. I probably saw all of them, but almost like you were a kid in the '90s, and that's why. Almost, who knows? I don't know. Uh, Anyway, but Liz gets what she wants. She gets her freedom by being uh, doing community service. She doesn't have to deal with Tracy, so that's good. Uh, Meanwhile, back at Jack, Kenneth has finally had enough of being the makeshift Avery and confronts uh, Jack about his obsession. Mr. Donaghy, where are my clothes? Sherry must have put them in the wash while you were showering. Now, give us a twirl. This is not right, sir. Now, what do you say you put on some of Avery's perfume and we head over to Strawberry Fields and whip pennies at the drum circle? I don't like to swear, sir, but no, thank you. Now, maybe I haven't had a wife who was kidnapped, but... I have seen the Brady Bunch where Tiger runs away. We've all been through some bad stuff, Mr. Donaghy. I had the perfect woman. Gorgeous, brilliant, always let me be the hat in Monopoly. Why is this happening to me? God, are you punishing me because my hair is better than yours? All right, sir, enough. You wanted me to be Mrs. Donaghy? Well, I know Mrs. Donaghy, and she is mean. She once made Rahm Emanuel cry at an airport lounge. So fine. I will be Mrs. Donaghy. And I'm gonna say... Listen to me, Jack. You don't want people to pity you? Well, they should, because you're pitiful. You think you're all alone. Boo-hoo! Why can't my life be the way it was? Well, 
It can't. And you're not alone. You have a daughter you should be spending time with instead of being weird to Kenneth. He may be a chinless piece of human garbage, but he will never fill the void that I left behind. Oh, look. Here he comes now. He's going to ask me to go to his birthday party. Hi, oh, Mrs. Donkey. You won't come on down my birthday party. No, I can't. But I know Jack can. Kenneth. Kenneth. I get it. Uh, Sherry, put Liddy's baby pantsuit on. I'm taking her to work with me today. All right, Mrs. Donaghy. And, uh, thank you, Avery. Speaking of self-awareness, oh, he's very, he's self-aware. He's aware of others. He... He's aware knows of how she would react. Him. He knows how people yeah, exactly knows yeah. how people would perceive him and react to him. Oh, he will come down my birthday party. That's so mean. Poor but you know she she probably has said that to him or something very similar to him. That's how he's got the inflection down. Does Kenneth's yeah. birthday party happen at some point? No, <laughs> we never see it. That's Aww. so sad. Poor Kenneth. Yeah, that's like the second or third reference in this episode of him making. People wanted like inviting people to the birthday party, uh, and everyone just doesn't want to go. Well, it's like that time. Remember a few seasons ago when he was throwing that That's party true. and no one wanted to go. His, so. ha- his Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah. And then one time that everyone did go, it was chaotic, and he had to no more parties ever again. Poor Kenneth. Poor Kenneth. As uh, so, we have uh, Jack's storyline is wrapped up as uh, he realizes he does have something to spend his time on and that's his daughter finally it only right. took him a season to realize yeah, it seriously um i think he would have learned that in the Devin banks episode where kids are important anyway i don't know how many times he had to be hit over the head with that to know that he finally should spend time with his daughter at the wool photo shoot um there's a twist for mr eugene grimley here's to you jenna maroney even with your back to me i can definitely tell it to you I'll turn around later. Perfect. I'll keep talking. Hmm. Wool. You know, my wife, Eugene, is out of town visiting her parents' graves. Maybe we could meet later for a drink and you could show me her front. We could do that. Now. Paul. And Jenna. Oh, my God. I'm finally taking a stand. After all these days, you wanted us to be normal? Well, this is our normal. And this is what we think of your morality clause. Oh, oh. Mm, give mommy some beer. Oh. 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 Get some crumbs in here. Oh, eat it. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, eat it. I like in that scene how Mr. Eugene says, my wife, Eugene, as if to distinguish himself from the him, Eugene. Yeah. So you know my wife, <laughs> why Eugene. He, why would he just say my wife, you know? And also he has to clarify she's up visiting her parents' graves. We still don't know that full story. We just know that it was during an episode of Three's Company. They died somehow. Oh, man. Well, it was so risque that they just couldn't handle it and just killed over, I'm sure. That's an option. I was, I was thinking they were watching it and someone broke in and shot them. I don't know. I well, that's a little darker. It's, I mean, but it's still so vague. We don't know. So. I mean, given the characterization, I like, I like my interpretation that it was just too, it was just too risque. Oh, they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't handle They're it. They're too buttoned up. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yikes. Maybe you're right, though. That would be very dark. 
So well, she but he also like undercuts it because he says it's actually really funny when she says it. So I don't know what it could be. Like it, it really could be anything, but it's probably they were they made a joke so funny that they choked on their popcorn or that's true. Whatever their TV dinners. I don't know. So see, even if. Liz Lemon was worried that she was going to die of asphyxiation or whatever just because she's single, but you could be in a couple and do that. The same thing might happen. Who knows? Exactly. There's no safety from death. Poor Liz. She's going to choke to death. Is that... That's not asphyxiation. Wait, is that... A, no, choking to death, that's not asphyxiation because that's like actually being strangled, right? Or am I... I don't know. No, it is. It is. is asphyxiation okay. is cutting off the airflow. airflow. Okay. So, yeah. That would be asphyxiation. Strangling is... I think strangling is, is someone else doing it to you. Like strangulation is, but know. strangulation is asphyxiation. I guess I was thinking like yeah, the act of like constricting from I the think, outside. Yeah, I think strangulation is outside. Yeah. asphyxiation well, would be something like either gaseous or well, no, no. I mean, getting... asphyxiation from the outside because I mean that's I mean that's strangle. If you're strangled, you die of asphyxiation. I was I guess I was thinking like internally. Is that also called asphyxiation, too? I think so. If you, like, choke on... Like, if basically, literally, literally, if you've got something lodged in your throat, and that, yeah. like... You, I think, like, I think yeah, medically, you would say asphyxiation. Yeah. Death Thanks, doctor. You're welcome. Happy to be of assistance. As we come up on the finale of the episode, uh, Liz has gotten her wish. She's outside. She's wearing shapeless clothing. She's learning Spanish. And the fourth thing. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> God, Lemon? Libby, say good God, Lemon. Good God, I did it, Jack. I got my dream vacation. You're on a chain gang. I'm outdoors, I'm wearing comfortable clothes, I'm gardening, and I'm learning Spanish. Vuelva tu trabajo, limona. Esa bolsa no está llena. Estoy hablando con mi amigo. De todos modos, estás mi tercera bolsa. Grítale a Hector. Lydia and I just went to Strawberry Fields where she spat up on a white lady's dreads. It's nice to see that we're back to our version of normal. Jenna? Oh, Jenna, no. There you are, bad dog. You'll go in the crate tonight. Hey, Jack. Hey, Liz. Oh, four. Hey, guys, it's me, Tracy, the black guy from work. What are you doing? I hope to borrow to a truck on the Long Island Expressway. And Tracy Jordan does not take mulligans. Good thing you had to move out of that house. Some idiot rammed his boat that I was driving into it. <laughs> you see all the good that is in them? How much capacity for love? Yes, I know. I just need more time with them. Give me more time, Jacob. I beg of you! So the moral of the story is normal is whatever you make it, not some prepackaged idea from society. Yeah, I and mean, that's a good message. Because I mean, I've always said normal is completely relative. Also, right. Also, in the end, everyone's so obsessed, so self-obsessed that they only care about what others do to some degree. That is also true. I mean, it doesn't matter. Something like obviously, you can't like Jenna couldn't like if Jenna worked in a traditional office. She couldn't do that at a in a big corporate office building. But other than that, everyone only thinks so much about people other than themselves. Mm -hmm. That is a very true statement. Good job. Thanks.
It's a very dated reference now, but do you even get the whole Jacob stuff that Kenneth was talking about? Nope. No? What's that a reference to? Well, it's a reference to Lost, which at that time was a very topical reference because, I mean, that was like, I think, I think that was the season, that show ran for six seasons, right? Um, Yeah, I think that ran for six seasons, so I think that was the season four, no, season five finale. So it would have been very topical for that joke to have been made, but you know, ten years removed, if you didn't watch Lost, that joke makes no sense at all. Yeah, you're right. Six seasons. Six seasons. Yeah, that's a show that sometimes, or I guess, they're just shows that are like super popular in their time, mm-hmm. but they don't last. And I feel like that one hasn't lasted in the discourse, other than just like the cliche, like "Oh, Lost was great until the finale or." Until the end or last season yeah. or something like that. Well, it's one of those shows, like, once you start digging into more of, like, the production side of it, you realize that they, it's kind of like Game of Thrones sort of final season of, like, they didn't actually know where they were. Well, it's different from Game of Thrones, but I'm saying in terms of, like, the creators for Lost, quote-unquote, had a plan the entire time, and it turns out they were lying because they really had no idea where the show was going to go, what it was going to do, what anything was. They were literally making it up as they went episode by episode. In a way, that's just network TV, though, too. Which, that's fair, but when you're doing an overarching plot like that, yeah. it's probably best to have an outline or at least have some connections rather than none and making it up on the go. Um, whereas for Game of Thrones, it was just like they were over it. They just didn't want to do it anymore, which yeah, that's not a great look either. Um, but yeah, so for Lost, I think like it has its legacy... Um, and I do think like if you're if you're interested in the premise, at least like the first season is super solid, and it is some like fun, dr- like really entertaining drama and like character stories and things like that. Um, but it really does go off the rails, just so beyond anything you could ever expect by season three and season four. Just exacerbates that, and then by the end, it's just like this. This isn't fun anymore. <laughs> but some people still love it. Some people still go back and rewatch it and enjoy it. That's totally fine. Wouldn't take it away from them. It's just like, for me, it was kind of like a one and done. And every now and again, I'm like, I should rewatch Lost because it's been a little while. But then I think about it and I'm like, no, I'd rather just watch something I haven't seen already or something that, I'm, that I know I would enjoy again. And probably, not uncoincidentally, unco- un- since then, Damon Lindelof shows have been much shorter mm-hmm. and much better received because it's yeah. basically been the span that he wanted to do yeah it was uh leftovers and watchmen or what i think yeah the watchmen was a super solid uh i guess you'd say miniseries i think they wanted it to come back for more but i think he didn't want it yeah well it's because like when it was first being talked about it was it was made to seem like it was going to be an ongoing series Mm -hmm. and then right and then he said basically this is a one-off or at least i'm not doing any more of it yeah so and they haven't announced anything since i mean it kind of came out at the end of last year right so i guess it was before the yeah, it, COVID. Was, it was November, I think. I think it was because it was pre Chernobyl, and Chernobyl was the end of the year. It's like they came out back to back, I think. No, no, uh, Chern- no, Chernobyl was the year before. Chernobyl was right? Yeah, because Chernobyl won. I, I, well, I know it's because of the Emmys, because Chernobyl won the best limited series the year before, and Watchmen just won it this most really? recent. I thought they were yeah. like, what am I thinking of? His his Dark Materials? Um, I think that was, yeah. Cold. That was the same time as Watchmen. Yeah, that came yeah, out around okay. the same time. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Are you sure Chernobyl wasn't last year? I'm absolutely positive because it won the Emmy for Best Limited Series Jeez, in 2019, and Watchmen won it this year in 2020. Go watch Chernobyl. That show's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Watchmen's good, too. But yeah, I think Lindelof has gotten better at picking his projects. Well, I mean, I think it's just more that it's it's the length that he wants to do, and it's not being demanded by the network TV model to keep extending it and keep extending it so yeah. they can he can have a prefab 
idea for where the plot mm-hmm. goes and stick to it. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, and I guess really it's great because I mean, obviously, like the the Watchmen, Watchmen resonated because of just like what was happening in culture mm-hmm. this year. So, but I think because of the pandemic, there. I mean, there's literally been nothing announced about anything else. So, I I really don't know if they're gonna do another season or not. I mean, I don't think it needs anything more. I think it's it yeah. a perfectly fine one-off experience. I don't think it needs multiple seasons. But who knows? I mean, that's what they said about Big Little Lies. And then they put a oh, second yeah. season, which kind of floundered, and we'll see if they do a third one. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like Watchmen, though, has more material. Like, because Big Little Lies, like, the first season was literally, like, the book the novel mm-hmm. was based on. So the second season was... I mean, I think the the woman, the author who wrote it, wrote the plot for the second scene of the TV show, but still it was, I mean, it was still, a, you know, I mean, Watchmen, I feel like, has a lot more. Cause, I mean, what wasn't the Watchmen limited series? It didn't stick, to, like, it was it was a sort of a sequel of sorts to, like, the uh, original I, graphic novel or something. I'm trying to remember, because I don't know the Watchmen that well. I can't remember if it was a side story, like it happened. No, it was a sequel. It was a sequel. That was my understanding. Like it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Was adi- it wasn't a direct adaptation of. No, it, it was a continuation yeah. of where the film ended. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that could go either way then, because obviously it was most people thought it was successful, but and mm-hmm. le- I guess it's the sort of thing where unless you have an idea, like if you're writing more another season to write another season, to, and you have to generate an idea for it, that's different from already having an idea. So yeah. I guess we'll see what what gets announced or not. We'll see. Anywho. Hmm. Yeah, that usually happens. I guess around. Comic Con, right? Something like no, the first trailer would come out, but the news that it would be announced would have already happened if that was going to be the case, right? Because they don't really announce. Not necessarily. Things. I mean, do they announce things at Comic? I mean, I guess they do. Sometimes it really just depends. I mean, they, I guess it's more they confirm things at Comic. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that there is a writers' room underway for it right now, and just nothing's been yeah. publicly announced. I mean, or nothing could be happening. Just, That's who knows? true. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Anywho. Whew. Well. That's season five of Thirty Rock. Final thoughts on the episode and the season as a whole. The season was definitely, a, well, basically a bell curve of like it. I mean, kind of into the beginning, like was uh, over the course of the season, like it built up, and the middle of the season was a real peak in quality, and then it kind of eased down again as we got towards the end of the season. I would yeah. say, I would say, let's see. The it definitely like really was hitting continuous. Yeah, like, I remember the live show was good early, but it was kind of like, it was like, I think Brooklyn Without Limits, the episode where Liz finds the little mm-hmm. indie clothing store in Brooklyn, yeah. it's like the the whole ethical yada yada, that yeah. was a whole sham. That was when it really started picking up, and mm-hmm. then I think through... The, yeah, Christmas Attack, you know, I Yeah, Christmas episodes were great. The, the the episodes that Elaine Stritch was on, that, well, that was Christmas Action, right? And Mrs. Yeah. Donaghy was the, was, the, right, was with the Avery. Marriage the marriage. marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Queen of Jordan. Yeah. Standout episode. One of the best episodes of Third Rock, period. But I think that was about where... Yeah, that's what I would it say. It started... It, it had hit its... Um, like, if we're looking at the bell curve, like, Christmas Attack Zone is in a nine. Queen of Jordan's maybe about seven and a half, eight. Like, it's on the downswing of the rest of the season. But there's still, like, a lot to enjoy. Like, the, the 100th episode was a lot of fun because it was a lot of self-referential stuff and callbacks and things like that. But it's just, as an episode alone, kind of meh, kind of a meh episode. Yeah, yeah. So I would say, yeah, Brooklyn Without Limits or Queen of Jordan was kind of the peak. And then, yeah, because Plan B, that was the episode where 
chase these lot and come back at and everyone had to do their plan because the show was mm-hmm. about to cancel like I remember that was that was fine but like I can definitely see in the last few episodes from there to this one where yeah. it was definitely like just wasn't hitting quite the peak of the mid-season but yeah any other thoughts on season five before we say adieu alright well in season six we can look forward to Liz having a new relationship and emotionally maturing Jack continues to try and get Avery back from North Korea as well as find himself in his new role at Cable Town Kenneth starts his up-and-down relationship with the corporate ladder at um, 30 Rock. And Jenna finds a new level of fame when she starts to become a judge on a reality show for kids. Jenna's got talent. Season 6 got some good stuff. has got a lot going on. We get Hazel What's-Her-Name finally shows up. Hazel What's-Her-Name? Played by Kirsten Shaw. Oh, right, the page who... Yeah, the... Yeah. Um, James Marston shows up as Chris Cross. Speaking of happy season, Mary Steenburgen is <laughs> Avery's mother. Yeah, yeah. So this would have been before. Yeah, this was well before um, Last Man on Earth. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Titus Burgess. Yeah, got a lot of people showing up. Oh, is is the Queen of Jordan second episode in this season? The Queen season of Jordan. Six? Uh, I think so. I think it is. Yeah. Well, but, it's all, but he's also but he's also a judge on the oh. the singing. I think he is a talent show. With um, with Jenna. Speaking of nothing, but Danny wasn't in this episode. It just dawned on me. No, damn, Danny. What's Danny doing for the summer? Going going back to Canada? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, season six is the uh, the second live show as well as the the Queen of Jordan, the second Queen of Jordan. Oh, they're back to back. The live show and then Queen of Jordan two is. Whew. All right, well, as always, thank you for joining us on Go to There. If you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in Season 6, Episode 1, Episode 103, entitled Dance Like Nobody's Watching. David, take us out. See you next season. And next year. No, I see you. I'm killing myself. Respawn. Respawn. Hola, everyone. Are you ready for season six? Oh, my God. Wait, how long have we been here? Gavel, gavel, gavel! I lost my gavel over the weekend, but it doesn't mean you can talk to me like that. Talk to who? I just see an empty robe. Do you honestly not see me, or are you being rude? I am being rude.